Hello and welcome to Feature in a Short. This is Justin Joseph Hall, owner of Four Wind Films. And today we're going to have a special kind of podcast because we wore masks during the entire screening for the safety of all. This is a documentary style film discussion that features short and long form movie storytelling. The second screening here since COVID lockdown. As an appointed contributor, this week we have Megan Masur, who is an incredible utility person to have on set in many jobs. She's a steady cam op, and she's done grip work, gaffer, assistant camera, camera operator, pretty much anything you can think on the technical side of set. She also used to work in animation. But tonight we're going to feature her cinematography work for a short film she shot called We're All All Right. Before the short film, Megan gave us a little intro. I actually found the group of people that I worked with through one of the women's Facebook groups. And I read the script and immediately fell in love with it. And I was like, I have to shoot this. Um, and got to talk to Stephanie Galler, who wrote it. And her friend, Stephanie Salgado, both were acting in it. And immediately talking with them made me feel like I was like part of a team that I really knew I needed to be a part of. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I think we just found a really good group of people to bring together to tell this story and it was important to me because it deals with like depression and how to talk about it, which is a big topic that isn't talked about and I wanted to find a way to portray that and I really liked the way Steph wrote it, that it was like kind of joking about it but then being serious and like going back and forth a bunch. So we all like hung out overnight for about a week shooting this short and we had an amazing crew and yeah and i'm really excited with how it came out during the film we delivered cookies to our guests to take home after watching the film we had a short discussion so i like had an interview on a phone call with steph uh looking for a cinematographer for a short steph was the writer and the actress and the producer and this is her baby (laughs) um and Katrina and Madeline, our director, um, just them explaining what the story was and why they thought it was important and what they wanted creatively. And working with Madeline was great. Like very early on, she had like very clear ideas of like how she saw this story looking. So it was pretty easy to collaborate mm-hmm. in terms of working with her as a director. And I mean, you had like a nice soft light coming from outside the balcony. Yeah, well... On their face on the outside, so how did you do that, like... This this movie was, like, a challenge for lighting because mm-hmm. our locations changed constantly and we it took a while to lock down things, even just finding that fire escape. Yeah. We went through, like, three different ones. Um, none of them were... Really, most fire escapes are way narrower than you imagine. Like, yeah. you stand on and you're like, oh, it's so wide, and then you try to put a camera and crew and lights and a sound person and actors and it's really narrow so we tried to find the largest one we could find yeah um, like that seemed- and we got lucky because also sound would be a big issue mm-hmm. with fire escapes so we got lucky that this one was sort of on the interior of a building mm-hmm. where it had another building right alongside of it so i put up two quasar crossfades which are battery powered um i rigged them to the staircase of the fire escape and that was really the only light other than 
I used a, a big 1K inside in the bedroom as like light like coming from out. the window. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. And then I pushed them to put like those twinkle lights because I was like, we just need yeah, something. Nice touch. Yeah. So, so we put a bunch of those up. <laughs> I used a lot of twinkle lights. And it worked out like that. I mean, I hadn't really done stuff where I didn't have as much control over the light or really space to light. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the last scene actually got changed. It was supposed to be on a rooftop. <laughs> and oh. so I had planned a bunch of stuff for a rooftop scene with battery powered lights. We ended up <laughs> switching it to the top of the staircase. That screaming scene, we literally got kicked off of that rooftop pretty soon after we shot <laughs> that part. So, by who? Like, like the security it? guard of the building. But they were actually screaming too, right? So, yeah. it's kind of hard to... Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. yeah. Credit to Katrina, our producer. She, like, was just like, okay, and now what do we do? Like, now let's go find another location and let's figure it out. Or maybe let's push. Like, she was, like, constantly moving things. And Quinn, our uh, first AD, they, they were both, like, working together on that constantly trying to figure out what we were doing at what time so <laughs> and then you mentioned too i like that look at the the blue so that was a kino through there's like a skylight over that staircase and so i had so simone was my gaffer and she put a kino through that light it's like a big floor bank yeah. tubed light so we had that with diffusion it was all daylight tubes because I wanted it to be moonlight. But I kind of forgot about the fact that <laughs> that staircase had tungsten lights in like gonces, I guess you call them, where they're like physically connected to the wall and you can't even like get in. Because we tried, we actually tried to change the bulbs yeah. in those sconces and we couldn't even get in. It was like locked in a cage sort of thing. So it's a lot of that, like, you know, thinking you're gonna do, like I had a whole binder of like, my lighting plan for each scene because we had done a bunch of pre-production and I'd scouted all the locations which was super nice but then things change on the day so like they re rewrote the ending from oh, the yeah. original script because of our location issues so <laughs> I do like that it's not so in your face now what camera I shot on an a7s so the oh, camera okay. wasn't that heavy hmm. so I could use a lot of smaller things you know yeah. Um, and this was actually before I even owned an A7S, and then I went out and bought one pretty much right after the shoot, because I was like, this is the camera I need to have, because it's affordable. And, and versatile. And, and can do everything, basically. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it has its limits. It can't be an Alexa, but <laughs> but it really works well for low light, and which this needed. Yeah, exactly. That, I, that I shot sense. that the sunrise where they're screaming at, like, I don't even know, like 20,000 ISO, like really insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's for way lower light, so it's like for shooting in the dark. Well, I mean, it also shoots 4K, and like we had talked about that because it's sort of important for film festivals these days, so <laughs> everything has to be like future-proof, as Netflix has shown us. So. How many pages was this, script? Uh, 13, I think. And where did you guys play? It premiered at the New York Short Film Festival. For her feature, Megan brought the independent film Short Term 12, also focusing on mental health and the care for mental health. Short Term 12 is one of my favorite features. Similarly to We're All Alright, it talks about 
mental health and really focuses on issues that I don't think are talked about a lot in films and that it shows what foster care and long-term care looks like and what that system is, which I really had no idea, right? So um, I think they do a really good job of that. During the film, we served takeaway dishes for red velvet cake, vegetables, and tortilla chips. And as the credits played, we had a casual discussion about the feature. Sorry about you, the like weird one where it gets like really crazy at the end. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so right about it. I like don't even know how to explain it. I'm like, it's just. I mean, I loved it. I actually really, really loved that movie. I hate it. Like, when people turn, ask I was like, me, yeah, I'm like, that's my favorite movie. I yeah, I'm not even joking. Really? Favorite movie. I I loved it. I literally walked out of the theater and was like, this is so good. And then I like went back and saw it again and saw it again, which I don't really do. Like, I don't normally see movies one at once. That's how I found out about this movie, because I loved it so much and I wanted to, like, see everything that, like, you... Have you seen Atlanta? Yeah, so that's why I found about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was like, it was That's my favorite. He's my favorite in that. I mean, only yeah. all three are amazing, but I mean. Yeah, his character is serious. Like, oh, I'm just like, wow, you nail every scene. And this one, too. This, I think this was the second thing that I'd seen him in. It's like, oh, you really just like find like the people that you remember. You know, he's always that person. Which I don't think he did in Sorry to Bother You as much. Yeah, I think the cast really, like, sold this movie. Yeah. I think that the direction style just felt like, oh, let them do their thing. I did actually watch a lot of stuff about him, and, like, it did seem like that. He was like, yeah, I kind of was expecting to have to do more to, like, get them into character, particularly with the kids he talked about a bunch. And he was like, no, they were so good. Like, I could just let them go, and it was fine, you know? Yeah. It's like, when is it more interesting to have somebody tell the story rather than show the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what makes the first scene so interesting, is he finishes telling the story after something crazy happens at the place and right. acting like it's normal. I mean, that's obviously that's the mood for the whole film, which I think mm-hmm. is really smart. Well, I think I really liked the the writing because it was, like, very realistic to how those problems would come up. Like, I really liked with Lakeith's character shaving his head and then, like, Mm -hmm. asking if there were scars and stuff. It's like, it was like a natural way for that to come up. I know that he had a short and then it got made into this feature. That's been happening more and more. I mean, that's what happened with Whiplash, too. Yeah. But, like, I'm always just so curious, like... Like, you can't get into, like, Sundance or Tribeca unless someone on your team is known, you know? Mm-hmm. Even yes. for We're All Alright, we talked right. about that we wanted to get it to, like, be seen in, like, mental health facilities. And mm-hmm. we were like, we don't even know, like, how to do that, you know? Were you drawn to the cinematography in this movie, or was it more about the... Um, I mean, I think the, I, I think the camera work really fits the movie. It, I wouldn't say it's, like, something that stands out as, like, obviously super beautiful or, like, you know, like, what you kind of consider as, like, oh, the cinematography. Yeah. And at times, like, the right choices were made, especially with that rapping scene. I think it just worked so well. And it just, like, wasn't planned, and then it mm-hmm. just happened. The DP just did it, and then he was like, okay, yeah, let's go with this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they had storyboarded it, and then 
went in a different direction. So. Mm. Which is interesting, because I feel like I'm very much a planner, so I like want to plan out everything I do. Like, I literally, every time I shoot a movie, I have a binder, and it like has my storyboards, and my shot list, and like the script, and my equipment list, and my gear, gear list, and like everything that I need in one binder, because I just need everything in one place. But sometimes you have to like go off of that, you know, and change your plan a little bit. So. so that was a wrap. In our forecast to look forward to, please check out, especially if you are in Florida, we are going to be bringing Prologue to the Central Florida Film Festival in January. So go check out their website. The Central Florida Film Festival will be a live event. Our next and final episode of the season will be, of course, our Fresh Air Award. And we are going to be covering films from 1900 to 1909. Yes, that is a long time ago. And it is the decade with the very first feature films. So we will have a discussion with cinephiles from previous guests on the show and some other folks, including Shirley Bernard from Kumika the Treasure Hunter and Prologue. We'll be talking with Inga Moran as well as Elizabeth Chatelaine and myself. I'll be giving a short history and then choosing the winner of the Fresh Air Award. So we'd like to thank Brian Trahan for mixing this podcast that you hear, adding any additional music aside from the theme song by Kevin McLeod. I also want to thank Laura Davi for helping out with the event. And that's all. So we'll talk to you next time.